Football Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to the Italian Football Podcast. I'm Carlo Garganese, joined as always by Nima Tavali. And we have a, another massive show for you today, mainly because both Milan and Juventus are in complete crisis after both losing again at the weekend. We're going to discuss the futures of Stefano Pioli and Max Allegri and whether they should be sacked by their, their respective clubs. We're also going to review the big Sunday evening game between Napoli and Roma, which was a really thrilling and dramatic match, as well as uh, Cremonese versus Inter uh, and the other teams fighting for the top four, Lazio and Atalanta. It's really, really hotting up there. Um, the transfer window closes on Tuesday evening, so we're going to discuss some transfer-related topics as well, notably the mess surrounding Nicola Zaniolo and Milan Skriniar. So, so plenty to, to get our teeth into. Um, just as a reminder for, for all our first-time listeners, this is our free weekly episode, which we do every Monday, reviewing the weekend Serie A action and all the biggest talking points in Italian football. If you want to support the Italian Football Podcast and receive all our content throughout the week, including a weekly Q&A episode every Tuesday uh, and the weekly Thursday midweek review show, plus interviews, post-match reaction and, and much, much more, then go to patreon.com slash TIFP and you can become a subscriber for just $2.99 a month. Okay, right. Let's start off with the Sunday evening game between Napoli and Roma. Okay, so Napoli do it again. They win again. They go 13 points clear now uh, at the top of the table, extending their lead further. Um, they beat Roma 2-1 at the at the Stadio Maradona. Uh, it was an amazing game. Um, really, really high-quality game between two excellent teams. Both played their part in this match. Um, I thought that Roma really gave Napoli a, a great game. Um, maybe even deserved a point, maybe. Yeah. Played as well against Napoli for me as any team has this season with the exception of Inter when, when Inter beat them uh, at the start of this month. I think only Atalanta have played as well as Roma and 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 not got a result uh, uh, against them this season. But, you know, Napoli, they, they always find a way and they, they found a way again, didn't they here? They did. It was it was an incredible. I mean, it was really overall in the city. I was a super Sunday for football. Um, we saw, I saw I watched three excellent games. Um, I thought Sassuolo Milan was excellent. Fiorentina uh, Lazio Fiorentina was one of the most entertaining games I've seen this season. And then we ended it with with uh, the fantastic uh, spettacolo at the Diego Maradona. With uh, it was it was so beautiful to see. Um, just everything around it, but also the game, the football played on the pitch as well. Um, and I was surprised. I mean, I thought Roma played well, especially in the second half. I think when you have Dybala and Pellegrini on the pitch, and I know we're going to talk about that, I don't think they can play together. I think Dybala kind of kills uh, Pellegrini a little bit. But when when you've got Stefan El Sharawi there, and he pushes up so high, you might you push Pellegrini a little bit further back. Roma looked really, really good, um, uh, and they 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 were really putting the pressure on uh, on, on Napoli, and, and they deservedly equalised. Um, but Napoli just, you know, I don't want to use a cliche. It's just their year because 
but it does have that feel about it and the quality that they have on the bench, the depth again, you know, how many teams can bring on Raspadori um, and who, how many teams can bring on a Cholito Simeone who always seems to score when he comes on. Um, he's got the highest goal per minute ratio in all of the Serie A Cholito. Yeah, every um, 65 minutes, yeah. every 65 minutes. I mean, I want to sing out Simeone because, you know, I think there is a question. Is he the best super sub in football? I mean, look at his numbers this season are absolutely unreal. He hasn't even played that many minutes, but whenever he comes on, he scores. He's got three, he's only got three Serie A goals this season, but all of them were basically winners as a sub. He, he scored the actual winner against Milan away when they won 2-1. He scored the the in reality the winner against Cremonese when they was when it was one all and he scored he scored late on to make it two one and then Napoli scored twice in injury time after that to make it four one. It was Simeone who basically scored the decisive goal there, uh, and then again uh, against Roma he's got five goals as a sub in all competitions this season and as you said a goal you know a goal every sixty five minutes that's eight goals and he's only made three only started three matches this season. And I think he really, he sums up this incredible depth and this incredible just inevitability about Napoli when they're players that come off the bench to make a difference. Uh, and the spirit of this Napoli team is, is amazing as well. The time of the champion team. I mean, just... Well, that's what, what Spalletti was praising after the game. He said, we today we didn't have the same quality that we do, but we had the determination and spirit. Um, that was uh, that was brilliant, and he was very happy with that. And I understand why, because again, when you become a championship winning side, when you become uh, uh, you know champions elect, which Napoli are, and if you're going to sustain that, you are the kind of team that scores late winners when things aren't working, when your opponent is really asking you questions, can you answer it? And Napoli are becoming that side. They're becoming the side that. That can that can also win games now because of the sheer quality and ability to answer difficult questions and difficult moments. Um, every single big team in history has always had that ability. Uh, a big club, big team, whatever, however you want to call it. And Napoli are are under Spalletti this season have shown that they are the best team in the Serie A, and it's and 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 the thirteen points clear, which is the highest distance between the first. The, the the team in the first spot and second spot uh, ever in the Serie A uh, proves that in the three-point era, you know. Yeah. That's in the, and since 1994, when Italy became, uh, when Italy moved to the three points for a win era, no team, never has there been a bigger distance between the first spot and the second spot as it is right now. Yeah. Um, 13 points is a new record and they keep breaking records time and time again. And I think they've, you know, the table doesn't lie. Um, they are the best team in the Serie A. It's not even close. Um, it's all come together this season for them. Uh, and I think the fact that they now have this 13-point cushion allows them the luxury of focusing on the Champions League as well, which I think is fantastic for Italian football. Uh, I think, I, I'm again, I want to reiterate, I'm not saying that Napoli are favourites to win the Champions League. Far from it. But they are dark horses because of the way they play, because of how, how informed they are, uh, and because of how well they perform at home and, and the, the sheer attacking power and firepower that they have up front uh, is a kind of football that is successful in Europe. And if they can get to a quarterfinal and uh, have, a, you know, have a somewhat lucky draw, why not? Why not can't they go to a semi or even a final? 
You know, it mm. depends. I mean, one of PSG and Bayern Munich are going to go out. One of Liverpool and Real Madrid are going to go out. So, you know, yeah. watch this it could, space. It could, it could open up. It could open up. It's difficult to see them win the Champions League purely because generally teams that have never even been to the quarterfinal don't just yeah. suddenly out of nowhere yeah. win, the, exactly. win, win, the, win the Champions League. You know, usually you have to build up experience. Yeah. You have to build up know-how, play in these moments, knowing how to handle the occasion, uh, especially when you've got a team that have never won it, basically never won mm. anything at any yeah. level this team has. So, I mean, it's a very, very long shot. But the thing that what I wanted but, to make is that they can rotate now in the Serie A and focus yeah. on the Champions League because of that massive 13-point cushion that they yeah, have. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And th- I mean, what, what also impressed me so much is we know they have the quality. We've seen it all this mm. season. Um, but they, they showed that the spirit as well in this Napoli team, you know, they... Every single time they're asked questions from a mental point of view, you know, losing to Inter, would they collapse? Then they they bounce back now and won, was it four in a row in, in yeah. Serie A since then? You know, but even moments in games where, you know, Roma equalised here with not long left and, you know, Spalletti, again, we have to, we have to give him credit because, mm. you know, it's not just about the depth and the subs coming on and making a difference, but Spalletti... Every, I've said it before, everything that Spalletti touches this season turns to gold yeah, and includes his substitutions. Again, in this game, you know, he he, he brought off Clarence Skinner, but then he brought off Ossiman straight after they'd conceded that goal. I mean, you think, you know, and we're going to come to Ossiman and that incredible goal that he scored, but, you know, who would have, who would think to bring off Ossiman at that moment? Yeah, he brings on Simeone and then he scores the winner. And the, the spirit in this Napoli team is, a, is just amazing. Um, you know, the scenes on the bench, I mean, everyone cheering mm. them on, the togetherness. I mean, Victor Ossiman... He was kicking every ball on the bench. I mean, the way that he celebrated when with the goal from Simeone. I mean, that just shows you know what a what a squad they are. Um, They're united. He's got the group united. Yeah. He's got them united. But I think also in uh, you know and following on from that is that you know Napoli showed a different side to them here. You know, like you said, like Spalletti said, they didn't play as well as they have done. But you know, Roma really gave them questions, posed them questions. They probably haven't. But they haven't posed well because Roma, you know, Roma bombarded them with with balls into the box, mm. high balls, crosses. I mean, Roma are so dangerous. I mean, for me, Roma are probably the best team. Roma are probably overtaken into this season as the most dangerous team on, on set, set pieces, pieces and yeah. corners. You know, we saw them against Milan and they scored those two goals. Um, you know, but they were so dangerous. They had a lot of corners in this game, Roma. And Napoli, they had to defend for their lives. They had to throw their bodies on the line. Rachmani, I remember seeing him at one moment where he... He threw himself in front of the ball to save to save the goal, and he, he celebrated like like you know like Chiellini did. You know, Chiellini used to do when he used to you know when he used to make goal saving tackles, and he used to celebrate like he he scored a goal. I mean, you know, that was really beautiful. That was really beautiful to see as well. So this isn't just a, a great attacking team. You know, they can and and they want to defend when they when they have to as well. And and you know, to build and to build on that point, they have a goalkeeper, Merit, like. He's really taken strides this season. Yeah. I thought he saved them yesterday when they when when they needed to. He 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 stepped up and saved. And another gamble, quote unquote, that Spalletti and Napoli have taken has turned out to pay off. Yeah, and it's it just you know sometimes it, when you gamble on younger players, sometimes it's uh, you know. <laughs> No, it's it better is. better to trust them than, no, than absolutely. And Merit has been criticised, and quite rightly so. But the w- the fact that they kind of came to this decision this year that okay, well, it's now or never. Give him this season to actually try it, and he's shown that he's he's more than you know good enough to 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 do that, and he's mm-hmm. saving them. 
I think against Roma, he he saved you know Napoli from from certain goals a couple of times. Yeah, uh, he's, a, he's he's an excellent shot stopper, um, Meret, and he has definitely performed above expectations uh, this season. He still doesn't completely convince me, and I, mm. I'm, I'm still not a hundred percent sold yeah. on him. You know, if you're talking about how is Meret going to be next year, the year after, the year after that, the year after that, I'm still not ready to say. You know, I think this guy is the the real deal, and 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 he's somebody that. You know, I, I can definitely fully put my trust in for the for the long term. Mm. I think he's having a really good season. I think he's an excellent shot stopper. Yeah. But I'm still not sure. I still, I still, he's still. You have reservations. I still have I reservations, that. and I I, and that. I'm still not sure about how he commands the box. I still I agree. I still want to see him the way that the confidence that he gives to the to his defence. I mean, even yesterday we saw there was a couple of nervous yeah. moments. There was one when when there was a miscommunication between him and, and Kim, Kim and, and Kim headed it and it only just went wide. It, it just brushed the, the side of the post. I mean, that could have been a disaster and a goal. I mean, that that's on merits, that is. you know. Well, so I think that's that, more on Kim and Jay. I think he's yelling that he's coming out and Kim and Jay should just... But I think it's part of the overall, you know, giving your, give, being able to command your box, command your defence, taking control of your box and, and mm, giving confidence to your, to your, to your defense that, mm. you know, you have confidence in your goalkeeper that, you know, this ball goes in the box, you know, your goalkeeper's coming to it. just, just, I mean, I, I think it's just part of the whole, the whole picture basically. Um, no, it's you know, absolutely. I, I think that's something that does, he still doesn't convince me. Fully, I agree. I think um, there are that. still question marks and, and there is, yeah. the, the, it's, it's, it's a valid criticism to him. I think he's not re- there yet, but he's definitely, Taken steps this season, yeah. um, and he certainly—he's certainly from a shot stopping point of view. Yeah. He, he's been—he's been great, and he's mm. made big saves at big moments. Even against Juventus, even though they yeah. absolutely destroyed Juventus, they, at two-one, he made a big save at two-one. Yeah, he did. That, he did. That was that was. But we the have best to give a shout made. out to we have to give a shout out to Kim Min Jae as well. I mean, if we're talking about defenses and and, and aerial and, and and winning you know challenges in the air, I thought it was fantastic yesterday. Yeah, yeah. No, he was. I thought both of them, him and Rachmani, were both. Rachmani's kind of getting back because he's been out for a while and he was struggling. Um, But you know, I thought Lozano had his best game that I've seen this season because he's been. He's the one. If you ever say which which position, and I think he will leave at the end of the season. If you ever say one position that you've that uh, Napoli can upgrade in, I think it's definitely the right wing position in the in the Mm. first team, and I'm sure they will do in the summer. But um, I thought he was excellent um, yesterday, and um, yeah. And then, of course, <laughs> there's a, the the best player of all, and we have to come to him is Victor Ossiman, who who was just again. I mean, that goal that he scored uh, to to put Napoli one nil up. I mean, that might be goal of the season. It was that good. I mean, so beautiful. The the the, the, the skill level to for to me chest, it's the coordination. Everything about it, but to chest it down, knee it up, and volley it all in one move in such quick. Such quick succession didn't give. I mean, you know, I saw some criticising the Roman defence. How can you let a, uh, a player take three touches in the box uh, in the, the six-yard box and not and not get a challenge in? Which is maybe fair enough, but at the same time, if you look at the pace at which the speed at which he done it all in one movement, I mean, it was so fast. I mean, it was it was that was pure world class. That was, and it's funny because everybody was going on about this, the goal that. Kind of similar goal that Mitoma yeah. scored for Brighton to beat Liverpool earlier in the day, it's saying, you know, what an amazing goal, goal of the weekend." Well, <laughs> Aussie men watched that goal and then I think took it, took it up to the took it up another level with his. With his I goal. think both. I think both of those goals were poor defending as well. I mean, that it was brilliant individual skill, but it was also poor defending by Liverpool, who were nine players ball watching, and with the Roma. 
um, Zal- uh, Spinazzola and and uh, <laughs> Roger Ibanez. I mean, Jesus, um, they they really 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 made mistakes there. Um, and uh, no, and, and Zalewski was off. Now Roma have look. Roma are you know Mourinho's turned them into an organized side, but but there are individual quality issues defensively and, and 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 I think you know we can't get past that and I think Roma will have to address that in order to take that next step yeah um, not getting but, away from not getting away from Osman after yeah. the game Mourinho said that he was as good or he is as good as Didier Drogba uh, who obviously Mourinho coached during the peak of his mm. career uh, at Chelsea uh, when Drogba was for a, for a period probably the best the Central, best number nine in the world, I think it's fair to say, for, yeah. uh, for, for certainly for a period. Monster. Yeah, and he was an absolute monster. Um, so, I mean, I guess the question is, I mean, can Ossiman really be as good as Drogba? Can he emulate Drogba? Can he even be, become better than Drogba? So, I mean, the way I look at it is, if anything, I think, I think Ossiman has a head start on Drogba here because Drogba was 26 when he joined when yeah. he joined Chelsea, he did have that outstanding season with Marseille when he he took them to the the UEFA Cup final and and then they, they lost in the final, didn't they? Um, and then he, I mean, he joined Chelsea, um, but he was he was he was twenty eight until I mean, his first two seasons at Chelsea, he was kind of good, but he wasn't amazing. He wasn't even necessarily always a first choice player. Um, but he he was twenty eight until he absolutely exploded into a into a world class striker. Um, you know, and Ossiman is Ossiman's only just turned twenty-four. So you know, he's four years younger than Drogba mm. when Drogba really, you know, really became an established world-class world-class star. And I think Ossiman is already, for me, I mean, he's already a world-class star now. Um, so he has a head start on Drogba, and I think there are there are many similarities, obviously, between them physically, technically. I think they they are very comparable. Um, I think where Drogba, you know, obviously. Drogba has the 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 advantage when it comes to from a mental point of view. Um, so strong, so consistent, uh, and his performances in the big matches, uh, Drogba, uh, insane. I mean, if you if you go through the history of football and find the players that were the best big game players, finals, scoring in semi finals, quarter finals, title deciders, when when it really matters at the key clutch moments. Drogba's right up there. You know, he's up there with 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 the very best. Ronaldo, Messi, Pele, you know, uh, Pipo Inzaghi was right up there as well. You know, he's right up there, um, Drogba. Um, so that is what will obviously be very, very hard for Ossiman to emulate. If he's going to emulate Drogba, then he needs to be playing in Champions League finals and cup finals and, you know, title deciders. And obviously until now, he hasn't, you know, he hasn't really, hasn't been in a position to, to play those kind I think- of games. I think in terms of comparing him with Drogba, I I, th- I think Osiman is more technical than Drogba. I think Drogba was physically stronger, um, and 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 was was a great you know had great movement. But I I look I look at Osiman and I think he's got much more silkier movement. He's much more difficult to mark because of the fact that he can shift his weight from left to right much easier. I think he's got great technique. I don't think he's as good as Drogba was in the air. Um, uh, but but there are similarities. But he's but I still think pretty he, great. He's still great. Yeah, he is good. He's absolutely yeah. good. But but I just don't think I think he's 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 a more lean technical uh, Drogba, uh, and 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 I think you know and and his movement is he is such a difficult player to mark. He t- I mean you just look at his his non stop movement to how he's always 
always available as a passing option. How even when his back against the goal, his ability to t- to turn things around just on one touch, his ability to know always where his other players are, the link up with Kvaratskhelia. Now this guy is, you know, he is. We, it's it's a world. It's a it, it is a future world class, if not already world class player. I think uh, after um, after Lewandowski and Haaland this season and. To some extent, maybe Harry Kane. I think he's he's he's. he's I right take him instead of Kane. I yeah, t- I take yeah. him above Kane. I, I can I understand that. I've said that before, haven't I? On a yeah. previous show. Yeah, yeah no, I can understand that. I can understand that. This based on this season alone, because I think, yeah, he he just he has this energy about him and and his this unstoppability and now he's it's complete. Just, he's the complete front. Man. Yeah, he I really mean, is. What else? I mean, we said you know up until this season there were question marks about him in the big matches where he he scores in all the big games. Again, mm. he scored another big game yesterday. Uh, you know, uh, consistency, finishing sometimes, you know, snatched. But, you know, now he's got 14 Serie A goals. He's the top scorer in Serie A. No penalties. No penalties. Mm. 14 Serie A goals. I mean, I don't think that uh, that can't be understated how impressive that is to, to, to have already scored 14 Serie A goals without, without taking penalties. Um, you know, and um, he's equaled this tally from last season already. We're still in January. And only, only Haaland has more non-penalty goals this season. Um, the Nossiman in the big five leagues and, and only Ar- Haaland has averaged more goals per game in Europe's big five leagues so you know that that, that says it all um, uh, funnily enough though I found because Mourinho yeah, that says was... that Mourinho says that the Ossiman dives too much and, <laughs> and in order to be like Drogba he needs to cut that out and in order to succeed in England which I found quite funny because Drogba as amazing a player as he was, was also one of the biggest divers there's, there's ever been. He used to dive all the time. Yeah, he's for such a big guy as well, for someone that was massive, six foot two or whatever he was, six foot three. Um, you know, so 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 yeah, I don't really buy. I don't really buy into that. That's just that's just uh, Mourinho being Mourinho. <laughs> that's but, Mourinho being Mourinho. But um, yeah, again, and also his partnership with Quada. One thing I'm absolutely certain about: there isn't a better, there isn't a back, better yeah. a, a partnership two players. And again, Quada got the assist. For his goal, and uh, I'm going to have to dig it out. I would like to see how many goals they've been involved in, where what you know, one assisted to the other. Mm. Now uh, they are because it, they, it must be insanely high. Yeah, it's they 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 are the best partnership in Europe right now, and I can't think of anyone else that is that even comes close. No, no, absolutely. Um, we have to give some praise to Roma, though, don't we? Uh, yes. For this game, because I, I thought that, as I said before, I thought that apart from Inter. Who, who, I mean, there hasn't been a better performance than Inter's against Rome, against Napoli when they beat them at the beginning of January. And, and Atalanta, who I thought played really, really well and didn't, definitely did not deserve to lose that game uh, against, um, against uh, Napoli before the, before the World Cup, wasn't it? Um, there hasn't been any, that was the best performance anyone's done against Napoli this season. And I thought that they really showed great maturity, but I think they looked like a team. Roma looked like an actual team, which they haven't always done over under Marina. They've been kind of bitty and a bit kind of disjointed. And then they would just kind of get it done either for a set piece or a moment of magic from Dybala. You know, they looked like a team. They looked, they, you know, they, they looked, everything was done with, with purpose and for a reason. And I think that Roma, even though they lost this game, I think Roma will take a lot of confidence from this into the rest of the season. I think Marino was actually happy. You could tell he was happy at the end of the game, even though he lost. Marino is a winner. He doesn't usually like losing, but 
I think he was secretly, I think he was pretty happy with this. Well, he, he was. He, Didn't he post something on Instagram, like almost like with the team? Like he was proud of his team yeah. uh, for the performance they did. And and he, he, look, I, they, they like you said, I think that's the key. They're looking like a team now. It's starting to crystallize itself. And given what's happened with Juventus, I think they really have a fantastic shot at finishing top four, which would be amazing. Roma returning <clears throat> to the Champions League with that revenue. And given that they, you know, they... <clears throat> they continue to turn Roma into a into a private company instead of traded on the stock exchange. That'll give Roma more more financial muscles on the transfer window as well. Um, and I think that it'll, it'll allow the Friedkins more leverage and more wiggle room. And I think Roma will. I think we'll see soon um, if Roma continue. I think the Mourinho Roma project could continue. Uh, is what I'm trying to say. I think they. Could, I think he'll sign an extension, and he'll get the guarantees he wants um, because he's building something interesting here. And I think again, the substitution when El Shara we came on and Pellegrini Dybala is a problem. They can't play together. If the only way they can play together is if you move Pellegrini a little bit deeper, a little bit more to the left, and you have uh, the left wing back go on go on that kind of marauding run, like well, essentially what uh, El Sharavi was or if it's even Spinazzola. But to centralize uh, Pellegrini and Dybala like that, they, they can't work together. And also, you don't want them to to interfere with one another because Dybala is brilliant. He was He's absolutely brilliant when he drops deep like that um, and, and builds up and links up with, with Tammy Abraham or whoever the striker is. So no, it's it's looking no Roma Roma have Roma are in a good like position a now. They're one point yeah. off the top four. They're yeah. only uh, how many points behind Inter? Two two points, three two. points. I think so. Yeah, Inter are forty. Um, 40, three 40 points. points. So yeah. three points, three points behind Inter. One point off the top four. Um, and you know look, their next run, they've got a really really good run of fixtures now. They've got Empoli, Lecce, Verona, and Cremonese. The next four games before they play against Juventus. So they're they're in a great position. You know, uh, win those games, and you know they're looking really, really strong for the, for, the, for a top four finish. And so I think I think they'll be delighted. They, they they'll be absolutely delighted the position they're in. Um, but they do have one problem r- right now. Um, f- quite funnily enough, on the on the weekend that Kim Kardashian was pictured in a in a Roma nineteen ninety seven ninety eight shirt, we had a a real like an episode from the from the Kardashians, whatever it's whatever that bloody stupid programs called uh with, with Nigolo Zaniolo which is it is absolutely insane what's going on and um, there at the moment um you know he's he's uh well he hasn't played the last few games he's been you know obviously left out of the squads but he's rejected a move to to Bournemouth Roma had agreed a, a transfer to, to Bournemouth for a fee of around about 35 million euros uh Zaniolo correctly in my opinion for the good of his career Rejected that move. That's obviously pissed off Roma because they want him out. They want the money. Uh, Mourinho and Thiago Pinto basically said that Zaniolo won't play again for Roma. Uh, the fans are furious. They confronted him at his house. Um, he's been given permission not to come into training because of fear of his safety. Banners all around the city threatening him. Um, I mean, we're recording this on Monday afternoon, so just over 24 hours before the transfer window closes. The latest reports are that you know things could be resurrected, maybe to Milan or maybe to someone. Leipzig have now have now come in. Apparently, I mean, Roma short Roma have to let him go, even if it means putting him out on loan. They can't keep this around. They can't keep this player around, they, and they can't freeze him out because it's just it's just going to 
it's just going to it's just going to cause so many problems, isn't it, uh, around the club? I understand that Roma aren't happy with him and that he wants to leave and he wants to leave. But Mourinho himself and that they want him to. But Mourinho himself said, if what was it, a week ago, that you know he might end up staying. Um, and so I think him refusing Bournemouth, I don't blame him. I think that was a stupid decision for him. That would have been an absolutely dreadful decision for him to go to Bournemouth. Um, so I understand they didn't want to go there. Um, and 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 you know. Are they right? I don't think they, this this notion of freezing players. I, I don't like that. You know, find a solution. Um, I, I understand that you want cash. I get that, but for you know, freezing him out because he doesn't want to go to Bournemouth. Nah, nah, that's just not. You know, everybody loses. Everybody loses. Yeah, it's, it's a bad you, decision you, for everyone. Yeah, it's yeah. You lose bad. out on the player. You have no replacement for him. You lose out financially. The player's value drops, and then you just have somebody that's just around the club a shadow over the club and it's not good for anyone no it's not a good look for anyone I, I think this is um, I think I think he will end up um, I mean I know I his contract it... runs out in 2024 they would rather sell him now because they know in the summer his value is going to plummet again but this is the position they're in now uh, you know uh, his, his value is going to drop even more if he doesn't play for, for the next no one's who's going to want to sign him if he hasn't played for, for six months yeah you know no, you're absolutely right. I think they have to find a solution here. Um, the problem um, is, though, do you sell him to Milan? He would probably take him on loan. But, you know, Roma and Milan may, may be fighting out for that final Champions League place, you know? So Zaniolo could, could cost Roma qualifying for the Champions League. So I can understand also why they wouldn't want to, to loan him out to, to, to Milan. No. No, absolutely. Why would they? If they and if they want to, they want cash. Um, no, I, I think I think I don't think you'll leave in January. I think you'll leave in the summer, uh, and I think that they will have to, they will have to mend that relationship. I know everyone's angry with one another, but they need to resolve that uh, once thing. When things calm down in a couple of weeks or so, I think they'll just come to this kind of professional uh, understanding that okay, you're going to leave in the summer. Let's just see this out so that you get to, you know, you, you can help the team, you, you know, the team gets help from you, you know, let, let's just see this out in a professional, calm way. But I don't think this freezing out stuff is, will help anyone. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I, I still think something could, something could happen we'll in, the, in the last hours, but, but yeah. Um, talking about uh, chaos, um, Milan, AC Milan thrashed 5-2, at home to Sassuolo, uh, historic loss, a, a worst defeat for, for over 25 years since the, the 6-1 defeat to, to Juventus in, in 1997, um, which you may remember, um, at, at San Siro, that I was remember. as well. Mm. Um, I mean, the, the question has to be asked now. Uh, I mean, Milan's form is, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, the wor- it's their worst form in, in five years. Four defeats in a row. 14 goals conceded in those four games. Nine goals conceded in the, in the last two games. Obviously, they got hammered 4-0 last Tuesday by, by Lazio. Um, the question now has to be asked, should Stefano Pioli be sacked? I don't think he should be. Um, not in the middle of the season. Um, I, I think it would be a mistake to sack him in the middle of the season. Um, I think there's because... Who would you bring in, um, and what would you know, and, and would they be able to? Um, would they be able to save salvage this? And and I think it's, uh, 
I don't, I'm not sure that's the way to go. And I think having just extended Stefano Pioli's contract as well, I'm not sure financially it's a viable option for Milan as well because he won't get a bigger job than Milan. And so Milan will gonna, are going to have to pay him um, for as long as that contract is, is there. So financially it makes no sense. But, and I don't think he's lost a dressing room either. I think that's a little bit too too soon to say. I think Milan's problems are that they the players look completely mentally broken. Uh, Giroud was speaking about this after the game that the two two those two late goals against Roma set you know doubts started creeping in collectively and they started second guessing themselves and I think that's I think it's more a mental issue uh, right now. Uh, but I think in the long term, when look come May. Pioli will have been at Milan for three and a half years. That's not the Pioli high. That's not anything like that. That's a, that that could to, that 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 to me. If it's time to change, it's because the cycle has come to an end. Three and a half years is quite a lot for a coach to be there. Yeah. Um, and what he's done from what he took over, you, you'd have to be completely blind if you argue that he's not done a fantastic job overall, and that he's he won't leave Milan in a better place than he found it. So I think it's an issue of, of, of maybe the cycle coming to an end um, and that I think that he can't take this team and this project any further. Um, that is an, I'm, I'm not saying what I, I'm not saying that is the case. I'm just discussing. I'm just raising the question. Well, I think that, you know, you said, how long has he been at Milan? Three and a half well, years. Three and a half years. Three and a half years. I mean, in modern football, like you said, that's, that's a, a long, that's a that's long a time. Lot. And in, and in, in football, it doesn't mean you're a bad manager. It no. just means that after a certain amount of time, you know, the, 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 the magic wears off and yeah. you need, you need someone else to come in and, and, and just, develop it because and, your and, opponents and are starting to worked, read yeah, you as well. Yeah. Uh, opponents have worked you out. You, you, the impact that you have on the players, you know, doesn't rub off on them anymore. No. And that's just natural. That's just what yeah. happens in management. And that's why teams generally, you know, you don't get managers that, that stay for, for two, three years. years, and years. Yeah. They change managers every few years because yeah. that, that's, no, you need to do that. You, you've got to do that. Maybe that's where we've got to now with Milan. Maybe that that you know he's not even though he hasn't lost the dressing room, he's not he you know he's not having an impact on the players no. anymore. And the, the recent form would suggest that might be the case. Yeah. Because no, that's you know, where I am as well. This is they're not. And Enrico Sacchi said this: they don't look like a team anymore. They're not a team at all. You know everything that you've associated with 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 Milan under under Pioli, the the togetherness and the and the spirit of never knowing that they're beaten. Um, the, the 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 intensity and the energy is just completely gone, and and individually they're all in they're all in dreadful they're all in dreadful form. Yeah. Um, and you know the the, the we spoke of, when we spoke about the defense every single episode, haven't we? Uh, I mean, I don't. I, I mean, the defense. I don't know what the hell. The thing happened. is, he needs to go back. He needs to go. I think what he needs to do now to stop the hemorrhaging and just bring this ship into port and and to finish in the top four is. Move away from man marking. Play, play. Don't press as high and as intensely as you have before. Uh, lower the defensive line a little bit. Get move a little bit more to zonal marking, maybe, um, and press. You know, ha- have your have press, but have the press start a little bit lower, and and to find the balance because I think Milan lack balance right now, um, and and it's it, it, when when you lack balance and you've got young inexperienced players who which Milan do have they are, they have they are a kind of young squad still um 
and and they 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 do when they when when that doubt creeps in i think it creates insecurity in them and they they just look like headless chickens out there and i, I think, think and yeah. i think one move from that is to play move to a 433 i think yeah i think they have to go to a three man midfield because yeah. in this in this game and in recent games their midfield been totally overrun just sliced through them because um, they've got two men uh, often playing against um, you know against more you know more players uh, swarm in that area of the field and um, against Lecce as well in the first half absolutely sliced through at will yeah. uh, at times and I think just just put three men in there just to make them more compact and um, not even necessarily just to, not even necessarily to do with the line the defensive line just just have an extra man there in midfield so you can't you can't get through there uh, in the, but the in problem the, in, for me is that when you they, they play man man like this is what I mean. Like when, when and and right now they're not they're the the man man marking isn't working because they're not winning those individual battles, and so you, that's why they get overrun. And I think that's that's the problem here. You need to, you need to create some sort of stability. I'm not saying change it permanently. I'm saying make that change to go back to create some sort of stability, some sort of confidence and belief, and then build from there on. And if Pioli can do that and get this team to react accordingly, and they return to winning ways, then the whole thing kind of do you continue with him? And I think they would like to continue with him because they're happy with, with, with what he's done and they should be happy with what he's done. But personally, if I'm just looking at this objectively, who I would move to, I think in the summer, I would move heaven and earth to get Maurizio Sarri. I would move heaven and earth to get Maurizio Sarri to this Milan side and to, 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 to get hit, to, to, to move away. Because I think the natural step, the next step in the evolution of this Milan is to play the is to move towards a Sarri system. The triangulation, the movement, the the high press, the and the, the high energy, high intensity football. Milan have the players to play that. And also, given the fact that they don't really have a number nine, well, play with a false nine then. Because that's what Sarri does. And does so excellently, or can do. He can play with a real number nine, whether it's Higuain or Immobile, absolutely. But he can also play with a false nine, as we've seen at Napoli and and now at Lazio. So I think this is. I think they need to stop. Let me just finish. Let me just finish. I just think they need to start thinking about these things. The next step. What is the next step? Life after Pioli, after three and a half years, it's not unreasonable to start thinking in those no, terms. No, absolutely. And I think it's, it's absolutely, it's alarming. It's really, mm. really alarming because it's not just the fact they've gone on this bad run. Mm. Just look at the numbers. Look at the numbers. Yeah. Look how many goals that they're conceding. And it's not just they've been unlucky in these games. They, they, the performances have been dreadful yeah. in every single area of the pitch. Defence, midfield, attack, goalkeeper, Tatsurizanu. Um, you know all of them, everything, every single, every single player is underperforming, uh, and, and also you know Pioli is now starting to second guess himself. He's starting to make questionable decisions. I mean, dropping Rafael Liao, starting De Ketelaar for the first time in four months in a mu- in a must win game when everybody see De Ketelaar. De Ketelaar at the moment, I mean, I, I really, I, I'm sorry to have to be hard on the guy. He looks so out of his depth. It's it's it's, it's he looks really scared. sad. It's really sad to see how out of his depth he looks. I mean, he's just, he, he's getting he's scared. He's getting out strength off the ball, out pushed off the ball. Um, he just has no, there's just no substance in anything that he does. He, there's just nothing. He just, he's offering nothing. And, you know, when you play too many midfield and then you've got him in front, you know, again, that just goes back to what I said, go to a midfield three and just be compact. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's worrying. Milan have to make a decision because, 
you know, top four is really, there's a fight now for the top four. Mm. It and, really is. You know, they lose the derby, which you expect them to do uh, on form. Then, then all of a sudden, you know, they've got Tottenham, Tottenham in two weeks' time. Uh, I think they even have to just forget about Tottenham. Now. No, they forget just, about it. Yeah, I was just going to say. They need to They need to just make sure they get in the top four. And, that's and what I was going to say. If it remains getting rid of Pioli to get to, to get in the top four, then that's what they have to do. Mm. No, I mean, I, do. I think at this point, Tottenham, like the Champions League, forget about that right now. Like, don't even focus on that. Focus on finishing in the top four in order to, to continue growing this project. And, and, and again, you know, after three and a half years, I think uh, it might be time to call it quits um, maybe because this isn't this isn't just a, a, a bad run of form i no. mean you know if you look no, at, it's again, different they you look, look at the underlying the underlying numbers as well yeah. which always tell the real story you know eight games with no clean sheets one clean sheet in 13 uh you know the first time in history that milan have conceded four in two consecutive games i mean you know these you don't these kind of numbers they're not just flukes that's that's, that's something that is I'm not going to say it's systemic, but it's something that's suggesting something that isn't just a, a, a temporary blip. No. Do, 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 I do think, you know I, mean? I think they're exhausted. I think ener- yeah. mentally and physically, they're the players are are, are spent, um, yeah. and 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 I think uh, as well as maybe the tactical issues that we mentioned, a lot of, a lot of teams have read them and found them out. Uh, I, I I do think that we I think they should let him finish the season. Um, because I don't think there's anyone only if they're in the top four, though. I mean, if they, if they start pulling out the top four, then well, who I who think... do you bring in? That's the thing. Who do you bring well, in? Who? Well, you bring in you bring in anyone because anyone's going to do better than what Pioli's doing at the moment. I see. I don't think so. I really don't think so. That's where we disagree. I don't think well, anyone will well, do it. It's proven that you bring in a manager. There's always a bounce. You mm. know, even if they might not maintain it over six months, a year, there's always a bounce. Well, half, and, there's half the season left. That's the thing, though. Like again, it's it's even if you win two three games, then you're gonna. You're well, gonna, do you stick? I with think Pioli? you're gonna make bigger. Well, do you stick with Pioli if he loses the next two three games, and you're saying, well, we're going to miss out on top four here? What you keep him well, for the I don't, what, because, yeah, but the I, don't, I don't think they're going to miss the top four if they lose two games uh, in the next two games. I think I think it's it would be too reactionary to do that. Um, I think if if the dre- if he's, if the dressing room is gone and they no longer believe in him. Then yeah, then you got to get rid of him because yeah. then well, they've lost four games in a row. How many games in a row do they have to lose before you get rid of him? Six, seven, no. eight. I mean, no. do you know what I mean? There comes no. a point where you just have to get, you just have to make a change. Uh, yeah. And it might not be the perfect manager, but maybe you bring someone in just for six months, just to just to get you into the top four. I don't no. know, but no. you know they've got they've got to they've got to react. They've got to. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is a this is alarming. They're playing against. They lost to a Sassuolo team that that hadn't won in how many games? Yeah, Sassuolo not won. Was it? Uh, is it eight games? Something eight, like eight that. games. They hadn't won in eight games. They were in seventeenth place. They scored four goals in those eight games. They they scored more in this game than they scored in the previous eight matches. I mean, you know, again, these are these are that's very 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 alarming. But I mean, let's give let's give Sassuolo praise. Um, I mean, Berardi again. Uh, he's He's Milan's boogeyman. He always scores against them. Um, but he was enough, outstanding in how he played as well. I mean, it's not just the goals. It was just how he... A goal and two assists. Wasn't yeah, it, and, and just the, he was so, so good. He looked like he had a point to prove. Yeah, um, he's always... Yeah, he loves playing at San Siro. He um, really Bir- does. Uh, I mean, his, everyone remember like nine years ago yeah, to the month, Allegri, yeah. January 2014, he scored four goals against Milan and that was the gate. That Allegri got sacked after that. So, yeah. Yeah, quite, quite. Uh, could could history repeat itself in in Berardi 
being the downfall of a Milan. Coach of a Milan. killer. Yeah, so, being so, the downfall of Milan manager. Milan's yeah. coach killer. But yeah, and I, I have to also single out Fratesi. Yeah. Uh, Fratesi run the show in this game. He was everywhere, defensively and going forward. He scored a goal. Uh, he was involved in the first goal. Uh, he's driving runs from midfield. I've said it before. He reminds me very, very much of, of a young Barella when Barella was coming through and he was playing with that that kind of freedom. Energy. Of, you know, energy of being everywhere. Like Barella now is much, much more tactically disciplined. He, he mm. carries out a role that is instructed by his manager. But earlier on in his career, when he was at Calgary and even when he first came to Inter, he was very free, wasn't it? He? he was yeah. just somebody that just wanted to basically cover every blade of grass, run loads, put tackles in, get forwards. You know, he was everywhere. And that's kind of Fratesi was like in this game. That's kind of Fratesi. Yeah, I've said it before that I see him as like the the replacement for 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 Barella when Barella's not available for Italy. Or I'm not sure those two can play together, but I think that he's he's definitely ready for a big club, Fratesi. Yeah, I no, there is, there's no doubt that he is. I bigger than good. Roma, if I, oh, if I can say, yeah. if I can say so. But I, 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 I think he, he wants to join Roma. He's, he's, yeah, his club, he's from but, Rome. I mean, he's, yeah. Yeah. I think I think that would be a, such a good signing for, for, for Roma and I think it would be good for him. And I think given that the Roma project is on its way up, I think that's a perfect move. And I and, and, and I hope that for the sake of Serie A, if I, if I if you look at it like that, I hope he goes to Roma. Um, but no, they... they, they Sassolo, when they when they're when they're on their day, I mean against the big sides, we've seen it before. Um, they they really perform. They just struggle against the smaller sides. Yeah, they've got so much attacking quality. Mm. I mean, I mean, Berardi, uh, Fratesi from centre midfield. You know, Loriente is really really good. Uh, so mm. much pace, uh, mm. and um, I mean Traore. I hope he doesn't leave. He's he's received a bid from Bournemouth. Bournemouth have gone for Traore after losing after missing yeah, out on I really, really hope he doesn't go there. Um, I think he's a fantastic player and he's, he mm. could play for a big, big Italian club mm. as well. Uh, you know, there's a lot of quality and that they are, it's, it's criminal that they're as low down as they are. They really yeah. are underperforming massively. Um, so, mm. yeah. Let's move on from one big crisis club to, to <laughs> another. Um, I'm going to let you go first here because I need a bit of a breather <laughs> before I <laughs> before I go on one against Allegri. So um, I don't another, think, hu- look, another humiliation, uh, another humiliation. Of course, you're going to defend Allegri. Another I'm not going to defend him. I'm not another defend humiliation him. for Juve. Two um, nil no. home defeat to 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 Monza. Um, Nima, go on then. Defend no, Allegri. There's nothing to defend. Juventus are in crisis <laughs> on and off the pitch. They don't have anything there. There's nothing there. The, it's like a nuclear bomb has gone off, and you're having a go at the guy who's cleaning up the mess. It's, it's there's nothing. There's nothing there. Juve's season is over. Juve, the only thing Juve should worry about is not getting relegated at this point, because there's going to come another point deduction, and that could put them in the relegation battle. That's what Juve have to fight against now, and that's what Allegri has to avoid at all costs. And that's what he spoke about himself after the game as well. He mentioned this. There is no, there's nothing that you got to see this game. You got, you've got to just see this uh, season off and make sure you don't get relegated. And then you can have a discussion on what you continue, who's going to run it, and all of that. <laughs> but right now, there's nothing there. The, the Juventus are the look at look at the players. They're me- every single thing about Juventus right now. They look mentally cooked. There's nothing there. There's literally nothing there. This 15-point deduction this and, and the fact that there's, there's three other legal battles ongoing. I mean, what manager in the world could handle that? It's, 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 it's finished. It's, it's over. For Juve right now, it's about avoiding relegation. It's, yeah. it's that simple. I'm sorry. It's, I, I mean, I look at this game and I look at Juve. They, they just don't, they look shell-shocked. They, the entire club, they've got this aura about shock 
uh, about them. They don't know what they're doing. They're completely just stunned. And yeah. I'm sorry, but I, I won't have the crisis off the pitch as, as an excuse for, for this. This, this, this. Juventus have been consistently awful for 18 months before all this crisis come off. It's, there's no. This is no different to what we've seen in the last 18 months. So I'm sorry, but I can't. I can't. I can't accept that as an excuse. Of course, it's 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 what is going on is is, is chaos. Absolutely, what's what's going on off the pitch, um, and it doesn't make things easy. And of course, it's going to affect them, but. You know, we can't use this. Anybody that wants to say, well, the only reason that Juventus are struggling now is, you know, is because of uh, because of what's going on off the pitch. Then, um, you know, I'm sorry. It's just this is uh, this is more of the same. And and again, you know, those those that say, you know, there's no point in in sacking the manager. Um, well, what's the point? I'll, I'll spin that around. What's the point of keeping the manager? What what is a leg we bring into Juventus? Nothing. What is he bringing to them that's worth keeping him for? There's not nothing. What's he, there's nothing. There's nothing to keep him for. Uh, and you know this. This. I mean, this was just another, ugh, just just another horrific game, embarrassing performance. I even Allegri said it itself that this was as bad. The first half was as bad as as, as any team's ever played under him. Uh, and yeah, there's there's nothing much else for me to say other than than what I repeat every single week. About. No, but for me, it's like they. The, when I look at Juve and I watch that game, they look mentally checked out. Every single one of them looks mentally checked out. Now, whether it, that's just because of the shock and they don't know where they are, and because they were kind of on a good form, and then, but then they got spanked against Napoli, rip, ripped apart by Napoli, and then this comes. I, I, I think there's only that much, you know. Whether it's, you know, we I know we have expectations that Juve should be this, that, and the other. I think. It's it really is collectively all of this at once. The Plus Valenza case, the the wages case, um, the criminal case, the UEFA case. It's it's too much for anyone to handle. It really is. And the football is, is dreary and horrible. There's nothing to defend. But I'm just saying that there's I don't think this is a case of the manager being sacked and it will all of a sudden change. Because I think the Juva have to avoid relegation. That's that's the only thing they have to focus on. Yeah. Well, that that might be true. That might be true, but uh, I don't I don't see the point of of keeping Allegri. I don't see the point of people thinking, well, by keeping Allegri, you suddenly got more chance of avoiding relegation. By I think you Allegri do. That I think you do. There's, there's zero proof of that. There's no, I, nothing, I think Allegri there's can absolutely say nothing, avoid there's relegation. There's nothing to back that up with. We just look <clears> other at than his 18. entire career. No, I mean, <laughs> no. Look at his last eighteen months. That's mm. what we back. We we don't look at his career. We don't look at that's living in the past. We look at what he's done in eighteen months at Juventus, and there's nothing to support keeping him, even if it's just to, to get enough points to to avoid relegation. You know, every single I speak for every single Juventus fan here. Now, for as long as Allegri is the coach of Juventus, there will never be any light at the end of the tunnel for Juventus fans. There will never be anything for Juve fans. To, to, to look forward to, to dream about in terms of rebuilding the team and developing a new team to succeed in the future um, and get out of this mess. Yes, everybody knows Juventus are in a complete and utter mess. Juventus fans, what they need now... This is, is the biggest they, crisis they, in Juventus history. Yeah, Juventus are in complete crisis. It's a mess on and off the pitch. Juventus fans, what they need now is they need something. They need, to, they need an escape and they need to look at the team and they need, to, they need a manager and a, and a team... To, to give them some hope for the future. For as long as Allegri is there, they will never, ever be able to look ahead to the future and have hope. Never. For as long as Allegri is there. Now, if the, the new board that have just come in can't understand that, they are going to be just as much of a disaster. I think they understand the that. They, they just can't afford to 
because his wages are so high and Juventus are a financial mess. They can't afford to. I think they have to deal with this situation as it is. And I do think that Allegri is more than capable enough to keep Juventus afloat uh, and not be relegated. Yes, I do think that. Um, but I mean, it, again, it depends on what the the points deduction is for the um, for the capital, not the cap, the wages, uh, the, the the you know uh, the, the 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 contract. What contract was valid and who paid? Who was paid what and how much and so on? Um, yeah. That's the that, that that depends on and that, that's about to come soon as well, and mm. today obviously before we started um, recording, um, the uh, FIGC released the verdict, the legal reasoning behind why you the, they came to the conclusion, and, and and I didn't have time to read the three hundred and ninety seven pages how many it was before we started, but the overall thing in there is is what we discussed on this podcast is what I said I I thought it was the reasoning behind it, and that is that on the preponderance of the evidence in front of them. They they have seen an intent by Juventus to deceive the system, and even though, and therefore, they feel the mental element of the crime was was fulfilled, and they decided to do this thing. I still think that Juventus will get those fifteen points back. I think they will appeal it, and I think they will win it. But having said that, from a mental point of view of how this impacts the team, think just imagine if in another. 10, 10 days, or within the next 10 days, another 15 points are deducted. How do you, I mean, do you, then Juventus are in a relegation battle. Mm-hmm. And, and like, the, uh, that will impact the team as well. And, and players will start looking, calling up their managers and wanting to leave, and, and you've got an absolute mess on your hands. And I think in that situation, sacking Allegri to bring in who, uh, it would just make the matters worse. I think what Juventus have to be now is to be solid and unite, close ranks, and realize that they are in the biggest crisis that the club has ever found itself in, and that from now on until the end of the season, it's war. They have to go with that war mentality. And I do think Allegri is the person to to take him through that. However, afterwards, in the summer, no. Then we have to... We, we have to it's a new landscape. Can the, the idea of building a youth project with Allegri at the helm is laughable. Yeah. Everyone there's knows There's even that. been reports that they're going to give him an... I mean, I don't know what the nah. veracity is these reports, but there's even... I mean, that might be just to wind up people like me. Yeah, but, I think but, it is. I think it <laughs> it's is. probably you that planted it, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot confirm or deny. Yeah. <laughs> just winding me up. Um, but, you know, they... the Yeah, was it 2027, wasn't it? <laughs> they were trying to say that they would have killed... Max 2027. Can you imagine? Hashtag Max 2027. I joked, I joked the other day that all the Juventus fans who haven't already they cancelled their subscriptions for, <laughs> for, 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 for Serie A football. Definitely cancelling their subscriptions. I no, mean, I, don't, I think they're I think they're planting that out there to to tell the players that you know to basically do that to show unity and to show that we're, we're you know that would depress me even more if I was a player. Well, <laughs> yes. Well, I think Enrico, good, no. Imagine Enrico Chiesa. I mean, Federico Chiesa when he, when he sees uh, oh right right wing back for the next four years. Fantastic. <laughs> no, but listen, it's um. It's uh, I, I all jokes just, just aside. Speaking from the, just all speaking jokes from... aside, I am genuinely I th- I am genuinely concerned for that Juventus could be relegated. Like that's that's and not not being brought down in one go, but the collective result of all of these penalties could lead to Juventus being relegated, and that is what Juventus need to fight 
on and off the pitch. Not Allegri, not Project, not Year Zero, not Year One, not Year Minus One, none of that. Yes. The the Titanic, well, I'm saying, the, the I'm Titanic if, has hit the iceberg. I'm the saying void, even if it comes the down, ship is sinking, it's about salvaging what can be salvaged. Yeah, and I'm saying even if it does come to to fighting against relegation, I I see no benefit. Uh, and we hear this a lot from people when 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 um, uh, you know a manager's about to be said, oh, but who can they get that would do that? The, who's out there that would do a better job? Well, if the team is performing absolutely dreadfully then any manager that you bring in can't do any worse than the manager that, that the <laughs> well, managers... That, as see, someone, I never, under, as someone I never understand had, that. As someone who's seen Andreas uh, Moratti turn that into an art form, that kind of thinking, <laughs> I can tell yeah. you that from watching Roy Hodgson be interrupt his in his his vacation mid-season to come to Inter for a few, uh, to, from, to, from Zaccheroni to... Uh, to Stramaccioni, to of course, no, but I no. mean there, there Look, is there is there, going there too, there too far. As we say in Sweden, as we say in Sweden, there are various degrees of heat in hell. Like let's not let's not just uh, they say a lot in Sweden. Don't yeah, they? they do. No, but seriously, it's like let's not let's not exactly. Nima's book of Swedish sayings. You can go too far the other way. Of course, you can. But I guess the point the point is that there comes a, there comes a point where. You know, you have to make a change, and I just and after eighteen months, I just don't see that. I just don't see what's the point of keeping Allegri anymore. I mean, I think they you know, should I mean, part this, ways in the summer. This, yes. this is, the, I, I mean, think again, so. And I never another, said so before. Another but... historical, yeah, okay, fair enough. But another historical record, negative historical record for Allegri mm-hmm. in this game. Monza became the first new team in ninety three years to do the double over Juve. When I say new team, I mean a, a team playing Juventus for the first time, newly promoted playing Juventus for the first time. Do you know who the last one is? Inter in the 1930s, no? Yeah, 1930. Inter. Did the yeah, double 90, over the... 93 years ago. Um, so, I mean, he's breaking negative historical record after negative historical record. I mean, the lowest point tally in a Champions League group ever, three points, losing to Maccabi Tel Aviv, losing home and away to Monza, the worst record against big teams um, over the last 18 months that any Juventus manager ever. They won two, two in 21 games against big teams, which is... Which is which is just it's just horrendous. Um, so so yeah, I mean, I just no, I, think, I, just, I, think, I, I look, can't I can't defend. I, I just no, there's can't nothing have to defend. defend. I think yeah. it's it's like as, again, Juventus is how many hundred? How old is Juventus? This is the biggest crisis in their history, in in every shape, size, or form. And when things were going well, and he had turned a corner, then they just got not this knockout punch. Um, and and it is a knockout punch. The Juventus have been knocked out. There's nothing left. There is literally nothing left. There's barely a club left. There's even talk of the Exor, uh, the Agnelli Elkan family thinking about selling Juventus. Like, l- l- let's just put this into perspective. There is even that option being discussed. Um, so l- it's the biggest, biggest disaster in Juventus history. This is 10 million times bigger than what happened in, in 2006, however you want to cut it. And this is... Uh, the, the 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 question is: Will there be anything left once once the dust is settled? And that's the that's the kind of mentality you have to have. And I don't think sacking Allegri in the middle of the season adds to resolving any problems. I think at the end of the season you sit down and you decide what to do. I think I think he will leave at the end of the season. I don't see a youth project with Allegri. I mean, come on. I think there will be a, some sort of a golden payout and he will leave because Juventus can't afford to pay him this money either. So there's no doubt that there will be changes uh, at Juve 
for significant yeah. fundamental changes. I think um, it's it's inevitable. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, this is at times like this where you earn your 36 million euro contract and he's not earning it at all. <laughs> he was such a great manager. I mean, look at Palladino. Palladino, mm. complete novice. Yeah. He's out-coached him in both games. And Palladino's doing a great job. Done a fantastic yeah, done a job. Done a fantastic job. So you, you have to give praise to him. And also, I mean, what, the thing is, like, that's a really interesting career to, to keep an eye on. You know, it's still very early days. I don't want to, you know, go... To go go full deserbi on him because I think it's still too early. There's they, there's yeah. an, they both have interesting careers. Uh, they're at the start of two very interesting careers. But yes, you know, pay attention to Paladino. I think he's building something really interesting. Uh, yeah, at, at, yeah, they're exciting team to watch Monza. Um, I would, they really I'm are. Just, I just want to know how what Bella, what present Berlusconi gave them. For, oh my god, <laughs> that Christmas being, dinner, didn't he? Know. I mean, that video w- w- which. <laughs> of him at the Christmas dinner, uh, standing saying that if you beat Juve or Milan or Inter, one of the big teams, and I, he was going to bring in a bus full of prostitutes if into mm. the dressing room, and that's a direct quote. And I'm and I'm and I'm making it, I'm making it, cl- I'm cleaning it up because the because ver- the noun he used is Troia. not prostitutes, yeah, Troia, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, he, which is far more. Uh, rude uh, term than <laughs> than prostitute. Um, it's so yeah no I mean it's it, look Monsa are doing a great job and we knew they would be uh, you know the, if the, these two Galliani knows and Berlusconi maybe know, Allegri I, should promise the Juventus players that maybe that would get them playing. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh dear. That'll make them a little bit more attacking as well. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, Cremonese versus Inter. Just, just we 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 really are going over here. So let's just let's just go through this um, pretty quickly. Cremonese yeah, versus because I want to talk about Fiorentina Lazio as well because that was one yeah, of the yeah. best games. So of the just weekend. just quickly because I do want to um, ask you about Scrinia. Um But first of all, Inter uh, Lautaro again. He's in a great form. This this, uh, this the year, only shining light at Inter right now is the fact that Lautaro Martinez wants to be at Inter as much as he does. And when he's handed the captain's armband, you know, that's an opportunity to show yourself that, that you are truly are a leader. And Lautaro Martinez showed that he is a leader, that he is, that he wants to shoulder that role, that he, that he care, he wants to be where he is. He wants to shoulder that role and that he is fully committed to this, this project, to this club, to, to the fans, to everything right now. That is because that can change as we, will undoubtedly discuss much closer in the next topic. But yeah, now look, it's um, Inter are still on, you know, it was, it wasn't the best of games by Inter, but they completely dominated Cremonese, but Cremonese scored one of the goals of the season. And Okereke just, that was a thunderbolt, stunning. No goalkeeper in the world saves that. It comes out of nowhere. Uh, but Inter, you know, Simon Inzaghi is, and is, is is going through it right now, and so are Inter as well. You know, it's mm. as soon as he tries to build some momentum, you'd think in a normal club, a normal club would would be, when you beat your city rivals in a Super Cup final as convincingly as Inter do, that's usually uh, how you start momentum. With Inter, it's the other way around because the Skriniar situation exploded the day after. Yeah. And Inter so can you just so give everyone an update? What what is the situation with Skriniar? Because he's confirmed he's confirmed publicly now that he's signed the contract. With yeah, PSG. but we have to. Say, and all that all that all that we need to know now is: is he going to move in the summer or is he going to move in January? Yeah. What what what's the situation? Well, the situation is exactly that. I mean, this is some, this is where I do blame Skriniar for the his agents, t- the timing of his agent coming out and saying those things. 
and him confirming talking to Slovakian media on the record and then walking it back or they you know they they just deleted the article i think confirming that he's leaving but he can't talk now i'll talk later when he hasn't addressed anyone at inter he hasn't spoken to the fans he hasn't spoken to anyone at the club he's currently in that's disrespectful that's incredibly disrespectful and that is a huge mistake on him that will tarnish his legacy at inter um now what is true and what isn't true well who knows at this point it's it's an unnecessary circus that they have all contributed to creating and again it's instead of you know inter you know it's it's destabilizing and threatening to derail the season now what what do inter do is skinya committed they need to sit down and have that conversation like and make that decision are you committed to the project until the end of the season do you want to leave now or are you going to honor the shirt like you've always done up until this point what's where is his head at you know um and and you know inter have to find a solution as well they have to find a replacement um and something they can afford um and 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 how much do they get paid for him and and so on and so forth i think the the ideal solution is meri demiral who they're being linked with but the problem is can they afford it and atalanta why would they sell one of their you know most prized assets in the middle of a season in a fight lock for top 4 so you know it's it's one of those um inter this is a this is another mess that inter managed to put themselves into um but yeah the main names being mentioned are bekao which is to me with all due respect to bekao you i mean it's 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 a joke and and that's the best that's the you know the most that's the best outcome is bekao uh, or you know demiral is obviously the best but it's very unlikely but that are the most likely ones it's bekao and Rodrigo, and Rodrigo Bacao does not does not exactly excite anyone uh, and to me that is a case of well if you can get him on a loan with an option then you do it but other but you don't spend actual money on him that would be insane because you wait you bide your time you finish the season and then you go into next into next into the summer and try to find something better or something more you know with an actual you know younger player with that cuz that that can help you build again to replace Skinner you don't do this reactionary knee jerk react uh, reaction to everything that Inter seem to be doing at the moment um and and even though you don't have that much money to spend you at least try to do the best out of the situation and Yes, Suning are are the reasoning to are in this mess, but Marotta and Auxilio are not doing their jobs either. Um they have not handled this situation well. And and again it's 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 just it's it's everyone has failed in in their duties from owner to management to to the player himself, the way he's handled it. You know, he's it, it's 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 a horrible it's a horrible situation all all the way around. Um but yeah, no, I I I don't know who he he if he will leave. if uh, what you know if he will leave or or should he be sold i honestly i'm i'm really on the fence here because i think on the one hand if you sell if you he is this could be a distraction until the end of the season unless it's handled properly um but if it's handled properly you can actually say okay we'll end this with dignity and respect and tell each other you know and, and say goodbye at the end of the season and thank you for everything milan skrinja and move on um but they need to sit down and make that decision quickly and they need to do it you know there's a derby coming up there's a champions league round of 16 coming up the season could you know inter are locked in a top 4 battle they need to focus now what's go on on the on the matters at hand and they don't have lots of time to do it in 
Okay. Right. I was going to ask you about Brozovic. We'll, we'll save that for another episode. No, I just, I just, no, I mean, we, we, look, what, as I've said in previous shows, Denzel Dumfries and one of the big name players were going to have to leave in the summer as a result of this Skriniar debacle. There's no doubt about that. And okay. Brozovic could be it. Okay. Okay. Right. Top four race, as I said, very, very tight now. Inter on 40, Lazio, Atalanta, Milan on 38, Roma on 37. Juventus will be on 38 if they get their 15 points back. Um, so the other two top four chasing teams, Atalanta beat Sampdoria 2-0. Uh, Lukman continued his great form, another great goal. Atalanta keep up their incredible scoring form. They, they, they can't stop scoring right now. So they're, they're looking really, really good. Uh, and the game that you wanted to... You yeah. sent me a, a three-minute WhatsApp <laughs> message yesterday. Audio. Um, very, very excited. About yeah, it, it was. Never seen you so excited. No, no, Lazio Fiorentina. you're watching a Serie B relegation this year, <laughs> battle last season. I haven't seen you this excited. No, Lazio Fiorentina was one, one. such an entertaining game to watch. The 1-1 one, one scoreline doesn't even begin to tell the storyline. What I saw from Maurizio Sarri and why I think he's ready now, and I'm saying, I'm calling it, he's ready for one of the, for, for bigger, better things, is the fact that you saw how how he's adapted. He's not he 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 he's turning. He's a he's a pragmatic ideologue now uh, at this Lazio. What he d- wanted to do against Fiorentina to neutralize their attacking threats, and which he succeeded to do, was that he managed to get the team balanced defensively really really well, and not concede that much. Whilst in attack, they were they were really organized defensively. They looked so solid defensively. They lacked or they lacked concentration in attack, although they played beautiful football. Um, the, you know, that was more down to me than to, to individuals not being concentrated in the final third and the finishing more than a tactical problem that Sari had in this game. They were, the way that they played themselves through through Fiorentina time and time again, and I know that Fiorentina defensively have major question marks, but they, you know, Amrabat and, and these guys were, were making it difficult, uh, life very difficult for, for Lazio. But tactically, Lazio answered every single question, and when need be, he brought on Ciro Immobile, and then you see what what happens is then all of a sudden Sergei Milinkovic-Savic steps up from his very defensive, deeper role that he had for for about an hour or so up to a more attacking role, and starts linking up with Ciro Immobile, who was looking, you know, he's, he's you know obviously just returned from injury, but was basically you know, firing and taking shots at from every single angle he got to and was a little bit unlucky, was a little bit rusty. Otherwise, I think he would have scored two. An Immobile in, in form scores two, three goals in, in, in that in that situation. And 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 again, this this shows to me that Sarri is really, really showing that he wants another big job. And he's show he's literally like like he's he's putting himself out there like, hello, Milan, I'm here. And and the the way that they defend, the way that they attack, it's truly a joy to watch. It really is. They are so tactically solid, and they play. You talk about high intensity. You talk about high press. This game from both teams. I want to give credit to Fiorentina as well. This game was played in warp speed. It was so entertaining to watch, and Nico Gonzalez's goal was just. Oh my days, what a goal. Um, and then, of course, there were other individual brilliant moments of genius as well, like Philippe Anderson's two 
two-foot <laughs> nutmeg on Bikipur Biragi, I think, <laughs> who, who probably will need therapy to, to recover from that. It was, he just pulled down his pants. It was, no, it was a fantastic game. It really, really was. Um, and I, and I think Lazio will feel hard done by not having won, but I do think that he's kind of, he's got Lazio playing at the full potential that they can play right now. Um, but I got to give it to, 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 to Casale as well. He's looking like a really interesting defender for, for Italy. Uh, just, just, you know, stay, you know, just pay attention to him. No, it, it was really, really, fun, it was, it was a really, really entertaining game. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a very, very entertaining game. Um, right, let's move on. Uh, just before we get to Badger and Prem face of the week, so the other weekend fixtures, Bologna beat Spezia 2-0. Spezia, got to be careful. They could get dragged into the yeah. relegation battle. Lecce 1, Salernitana 2, um, and Empoli 2, Torino 2. Uh, really good comeback from uh, Torino. In that game, your boy Richie was really, mm. really good in that game. Yes, he was. Uh, Udinese played Verona on Monday evening. Okay, let's move on to Baggio and Prim Face of the Week. Okay, um, I've found the Prim Face now, but Baggio, who you got for Baggio? Well, I mean, Nico Gonzalez's goal against Fiorentina, the turn, the move, Victor Ossiman's goal against Roma, uh, Felipe Anderson's nutmeg on Biragi. Um, you know, take your pick. <laughs> it was, it really was, or Domenico Berardi's performance against Milan. Look, it, it, this is where we were spoiled for Baggio this week uh, in terms of brilliance. It really was a super Sunday in, this, in Serie A. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Prem face of the week. Do you have any? I've got one. No, I don't. I've not, I've not seen. Mm. Okay. Uh, okay. So mine is Football London for doing uh, a story, a transfer story, in which they said that uh, Arsenal were um, complete, were, were were working to complete a £20 million transfer oh, of Federico Chiesa. From that Juventus. was so silly. <laughs> like, <sighs> Which prompted Nimmer to say that um, he was marrying Angelina Jolie. Yeah, is that right? In, in other, <laughs> I, I tweeted, in, e- in equally true and unrelated news, I'm marrying Angelina Jolie. Because it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. They're, they're not selling Federico Chiesa for 15. Like, what are you talking about? They can sell Federico Chiesa, but not for 15 million. Like, it's a silly, silly thing to say. No, no, 50, 15. Yeah, that's 15. what I said, 15. Yeah. Like yeah. one five. One five million pounds. Yeah, it's like, uh, no, it's not, it's not going to happen. Million, 20 million euros. Yeah, that's not going to happen. It's and the like, way that, if you read the story, the, the way that they... Uh, the way that they write it as well, like uh, Juventus are in a financial crisis um, that they need to sell. Chiesa is going to be um, is going to be sacrificed in January to <laughs> just like... just complete nonsense. Yeah, it's just one nonsense after another, and it was just it was so ridiculous. It was like, yeah, okay, whatever. But I mean, unfortunately, you know, you can, you know, this is something that people in the media do sometimes, and and it's not, you know. It's 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 very dishonest and it's it's clickbaity and and they're not the they're far from the only ones who do it but you know it's it's they just make shit up and or they find a source some really unreliable source somewhere that they can then build and construct an entire narrative around and yeah. that's what they did 
the Sun, the Daily Mail, the yeah, Star, Daily do Star. I mean, everybody does it. I wouldn't yeah. just sing. No, no it's not just them. It's, it's, everybody it's, it's, does everyone it because does tra- it. transfer news just generates the most traffic. Um, mm. So you, it, it's so easy to make up a transfer route and get away with it. Yeah, you're never. You're never you just need to. Account. You just need to cloud it, muddy the waters yeah. when you. Unless it. you're really, really stupid, like the time when the Sun made up a transfer room about Athletic Bilbao. Signing a signing of I can't remember who it was. Someone it was an English player from the Premier League, and they they said that they were they were they did bid a fifty million pound for this uh, English player. But you know anybody with any brains knows that Athletic Bilbao only only buy Basque players. Yeah, I mean so, that's like the, that's... so they so straight away they've been found out that that, that, that couldn't couldn't possibly be the case. Mm. Yeah, no, it's pretty amusing. Yeah, it was it was it was very, it was very prim facey. But yeah, that no. was prem. That was definitely that's a, that's on the historic uh, hall of hall of shame. Yeah, hall of shame. Prem face hall, hall of shame. That was. Yeah. <laughs> I need to find out who that player was, but I think it was a Tottenham player actually. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, let's uh, yeah. Let's leave it at that. We'll be back Tuesday for the Q and A episode, uh, and then Thursday we will have a, a midweek a midweek show. Uh, also looking ahead to the. Milan Derby, which is on uh, Sunday, Sunday yeah, evening, is. which Nima will be at. Yes, bring I'll, in, I'll be in bringing luck to Inter, of course. Yeah, of course. No, <laughs> no, I, I, I actually think this is going to be one of the. Unfortunately, because of the where both of these clubs are, I expect both coaches to kind of just want to risk minimize uh, and to not lose. So I don't. Th- I, I think we'll want. Which see means that. it's going to be a four-four draw. Brilliant, <laughs> fantastic, Nima. That's what oh, we want. Dear. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. No, uh, I hope so. I'd rather. I mean, I'd rather see some fireworks when I'm there. I've been there in years, so yeah. Mm. Yeah. Great. Okay. Right. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, we'll see you on Tuesday. Uh, until then, ciao, ciao.